Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, it's murder mystery time on Bold and Beautiful, and our issue on sale now has the cover line, One of These People Will Die. So on the cover are Finn, Katie, Thomas, Vinny, Flo, and Shauna, which means one of them is the victim in this tale. Now, I spoke to the show's executive producer and head writer, Bradley Bell, who says that this story will turn into a very complex mystery as the facts of the incident are unraveled. So, you know, he admitted to me that it's difficult to kill off characters because he has such great relationships with the cast, but you know, it's part of the business and a critical part of drama. So he feels it will provide everyone with a lot of great material to play. Uh, I've seen some of the information we have for the week after the one we're talking about, and it looks like it's gonna be a pretty juicy story. Yeah, I think a mystery is gonna be a nice change of pace for B&B right now, which is just coming off the big, you know, sorry I slept with my ex, but I mistook you for a mannequin slash <laughs> got stuffy pregnant story. Uh, I'll be tuning in for sure. Uh, another major tune-in for this coming week is a special episode that GH has planned to celebrate the imminent 25th anniversary of Nancy Lee Gron as Alexis. As we know, Alexis has been going through a rough patch, to put it mildly, uh, between the shocking death of her lover, Neil, the murder of her ex-husband, Julian, losing her law license, falling off the wagon, nearly killing Dante. Uh, and for that last bit, she's on her way to Pentonville. <laughs> so the episode is going to focus on Alexis's last night of freedom, uh, it's going to feature a lot of important interactions with the significant people in her life. And Nancy told me that she feels like the hour is about discovery and resolution. Uh, and she thinks the audience will relate to it in a personal way. Uh, so mark your calendars for this coming Thursday, April 8th, which is when that show is scheduled to air. Well, I will certainly be tuning in for that. I'm a big Alexis fan, as you know. Um, now, some casting news out of Young and the Restless. Olivia Allen Lind, who's played Faith since she was three years old, has left the show to star in the new TV series, Chucky. 
So actress Raylan Castor, who has appeared in both movies and films, has been tapped to replace her and will first air on April 12th. And I could only imagine how emotional this must be for Joshua Morrow and Sharon yeah. Case, who yeah. have played Faith's parents, you know, Nick and Sharon, since the beginning. And it must be so hard for them to just say goodbye to this actress who they've seen grow up before their eyes. I mean, yeah. they've, they've spoken to her in the magazine, like, kills me. Yes, I mean absolutely. Like I think that the 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 strength uh, of that bond and connection has so come through whenever we've spoken to Sharon or Joshua about about her. So uh, yeah, but you know I'm very eager to give uh, Raylan a, a fair shot. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, now, I also spoke to Daisy's Paul Telfer about this surprise and seemingly sudden exit of his co-star Lindsay Godfrey as Sarah. And he admits that it was you know, very difficult to see her go, but on the plus side, they're friends in real life, so they still see each other and hang out. Uh, Paul admitted to me that since he's come and gone so many times from Salem himself, you know, it was hard for him not to feel insecure about his own future now that his romantic partner on camera is gone. But I know there is some good stuff coming up for Xander, so it appears he has nothing to worry about. Well, speaking of someone who has come and gone over the years, we have an interview in the new issue that I was absolutely thrilled to do, which is a piece in celebration of Lynn Herring's 35th anniversary on GH as the inimitable Lucy Coe. So Lucy was actually not supposed to be a long-term role. Her original contract that she signed in 1986 was only for a few months, and she was wow. just absolutely thrilled when uh, then-executive producer Gloria Monti asked her to stay. Uh, Lynn has some really great memories and stories to share, including her favorite way that Lucy ended up in her underwear at the nurse's ball, <laughs> uh, working with her various leading men and more. And on a personal note, I have to say how grateful I am to have gotten the chance to get to know Lynn since she returned to GH in 2012. She is truly like one of the kindest, warmest people you could ever hope to meet. Definitely. And we always spend half the time we're on the phone just gossiping and catching up because she always takes such a genuine interest in what's going on in my life. And because I remember her pregnancies with her two now fully grown sons, Hank and Grady, I always love getting updates on their lives. Uh, Hank is actually following in both of his parents' footsteps. His dad, Wayne Northrup, is also an actor best known as Daisy's original Roman Brady. Uh, and one of uh, Hank's recent roles was actually in The Morning Show where he worked with Reese Witherspoon, which is, you know, probably not a bad day at the office. Oh yeah, that's a pretty incredible one. And it's just so crazy to think that those boys are all grown up. And I co-sign everything you said about Lynn. She is just amazing. Well, our guest today is another amazing woman who will mark 39 years in Genoa City next week. It's Kate Linder, who has played Esther Valentine since April 8th, 1982, has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and so much more to talk about. So let's check in with her and see how she's doing. Hi, Kate. Hey, Stephanie. So glad to see you. You too. Thanks so much for joining us. And Mara, I'm, I'm so excited to be with you guys today. You feel the same way. <laughs> <gasps> well, let's start at the beginning for you. You were born in Pasadena, California, which is in the Los Angeles area. So tell us about growing up there. Well, I actually, I grew up in Arcadia, but uh, the hospital was in Pasadena. So okay. I was born in Pasadena. <laughs> actually, that hospital's still there, Huntington hospital. <laughs> so that's, that's good. And uh, so I grew up in Arcadia. It was, uh, it's a suburb of, of Los Angeles. And uh, uh, 
it was very different back then as everything was. <laughs> so uh, my dad's office was in Pasadena. So I was in Pasadena a lot as well. Were your parents connected to showbiz at all or they just happened to live there? No, they weren't connected to show business at all, which of course growing up was really, I wasn't happy about that because oh, that's what I wanted to do. And though they were very supportive, they didn't have a clue <laughs> how to get me in it or what to do or no one in the family was. So. Mm -hmm. Well then how did you discover your love for performing? Well, uh, actually, this is funny. Uh, in seventh grade, I had this uh, history teacher who would, he would assign, he would give you something you had to do, but you had to make, a, uh, you had to present something about. And so I started doing these little plays about, <laughs> about what I had to present. And then I started doing, uh, you know, plays in junior high and um, just went on from there. So I know that you, you got your degree in the theater arts um, at San Francisco State University. What yes. was it like to live in San Francisco at that time? Well, it was very different. And uh, I lived in San Francisco for, for quite a number of years. And uh, uh, it, was, it was in the middle of all the, you know, there. Well, I don't know if you remember, there was President Hayakawa. He was president and he was big in the news at the time at San Francisco State. And there was all kinds of things going on. And, 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 and there I was. Um, also, I was a song, song girl <laughs> there. And that was like to be running around campus in my song leading outfit. It was kind of strange during that, those times. <laughs> oh, but... It's all good. Um, and when did you when did you move back to Los Angeles? Uh, well, actually, uh, Ron, my husband, was um, he got a job back in Los Angeles in Los Angeles, and so I thought, well, this this is the time I have to I have to go back because he's there, and 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 I knew that I had to be there. I had to either be there or New York to make something happen. So. I moved back, which my parents were extremely happy about. <laughs> sure. I bet. Yeah. So yeah. Tell, us, tell us about your entree into working as a professional actress in Los Angeles. Like, what were the early days of, of getting your career going like? Uh, you know, they, they were very different. Uh, it was very different then because you, you couldn't... Like now, there there's different online things and Zoom things going on with casting directors, and none of that was was around. And uh, so I started. I had my degree in theater, like you said, but I and I thought, well, I, I have a degree in theater. I can just go out and and do this, right? Well, wrong. That's not how it works. So uh, I started uh, taking acting classes and. Uh, and through that, you know, networking, actually, uh, Young and the Restless was um, because this person had, uh, she's amazing, she had asked me to uh, uh, go on a general interview. Uh, SAG was doing that, Screen Actors Guild was doing general interviews. And so I had a general interview with the casting director, Tom Palmer, and that's how that happened. But it was very, very different back then. Mm -hmm. I, I think there are more opportunities. I think it's maybe it's 
harder and easier if if you, if you if that makes any sense right uh, it's harder now because there's so much you know it's so much competition though there was always been a lot of competition mm -hmm. but then it's easier also because you have an entree sometimes to to people that you didn't then mm -hmm. well one thing about you that Mara and I both find so fascinating is that you actually have a second career, which is working as a flight attendant for United Airlines, which predates you joining Young and the Restless. So tell us about how that came about. Okay, well, well yeah, I had decided, well, you know, I wanted to be an actress. That's all, that's, that was it. That's all I wanted to do. And I was trying to figure out a, a job that, I, that would give me enough time off so that I could pursue that, but that I, you know, would still... At, you know, keep money coming in so I wouldn't be so desperate, you know. So uh, actually it was Ron's idea that I should become a flight attendant. And I, fir I first started uh, with uh, Trans America, and that was, so it was a charter, a Trans International. And so that's how I first became a flight attendant, but then that was not work, I mean, I was there for four years, but the problem was is that I was gone so much that the acting kind of thing, that wasn't working. And so uh, then I applied for United and uh, at United and fortunately they hired me. And so that's how that started. Well, what was that schedule like? Like how often did you fly? Well, it was, uh, it was, it was difficult back then. In fact, I don't even know how I did it because I was on reserve, which meant that they could just call you at any time. And uh, and here I am trying to be an actress and you know and, and flying. And I didn't want anyone. I didn't want anyone to know on the show. Uh, actually, after I got the show, I didn't want them to know either because I, I thought they wouldn't take me seriously. So I didn't want agents or anyone to know I was a flight attendant because I thought, well, they won't take me seriously. They think I'm just a flight attendant. So I didn't tell anybody in the beginning. But so it was difficult. But I, but, uh, and I you would know, try to bend my schedule on the weekends, which I still do. <laughs> so that way, you know, my weeks are, are I'm able to uh, talk to you guys and I'm able to, uh, you know, be on the set and all kinds of things. I love it. Secret flight attendant. That sounds like a soap plot. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you still flying? I'm still an active employee. Yes. April 8th, which is coming up, is my 39th anniversary on the show. And then I've been with United, uh, oh my gosh, since 78. So that's a lot. That's a lot too, right? Right. 40, really, 41 really years. Or, yeah. So incredible. Um, all right, well, take us back to 1982. Uh, okay. And you had this general audition. I don't know if it was, if it was with YNR or with CBS, but, but tell us the casting story uh, for what I believe was supposed to be a one-day job for this character known simply as Maeve. Tell us the story. Well, this, this is interesting because I actually, like I had said, I went in on a general interview and it was with Tom Palmer, who was the casting director at the time. And I went in there and, and left him a, a tape. Uh, and then I went home and it was like, oh no, you know, is this ever gonna happen? You know, go on a million interviews, is this ever gonna happen? And then his assistant, who was Jill Newton, at the time called and she said uh hey uh tom's finished with your tape i said you can come get it and i said already she said yeah it was really strange she said because usually he doesn't do this but when you left he went right in and looked at it 
So I went, okay, well, and I didn't live, we didn't live near uh, the studio at that time. We actually lived in Pasadena at that time. So, so I said, I'll be down a few days. Well, a few days later, he called me and he said, look, I have this role. It's so small. If you blink, you're going to miss it. But he said, I, I'm looking uh, for something else for you on the show. And usually, you know, that doesn't happen because if you, if you do a small role like that, that's it. You, you can't come back as anything else. And, but he said, no, I, I'm, I'm looking for something else for you. And I said, okay, well, I'll do it. And that was almost in a few days, 39, 39 years ago. I was only supposed to be there for one day. Uh, my first line, it had to be great acting because my family never heard it. It was dinner is served, right? So, you know, um, and after that, actually, uh, when I finished work, I, I was walking off, and Ed Scott, who was our uh, executive producer at the time, followed me out, and he said, listen, are you available tomorrow? And I said, sure, <laughs> yeah, sure I am. And uh, so uh, I came back, and then I came back, and, and you're right, I didn't, in the beginning, I just said made on the scripts, and so... That's amazing. Well, your first day on the job was also your first time meeting Jean Cooper, who played Catherine, and was a real through line of your arc on Y&R all the way through to her passing in 2013. So what do you remember about your first encounter with her? Oh, Stephanie, I remember like it was yesterday. I, it, it's just so unbelievable. I, she was in the makeup chair, and, you know, I, I, I went up to her, and I introduced myself to her and I, I said that I would be playing her maid. I said, hi, you know, I want to introduce myself to you. I'm going to be playing your maid today. And she looked at me and she said, well, that's about time. <laughs> as, as only Jeannie could do, you know. And uh, I just loved her ever since after that. And uh, I still feel like she's with me. I was with her for, for so long. And uh, so it was it was amazing. She was, she as you know was an amazing person, and so loved working with her and and learned so much from her and and just try to continue on in her memory, you know, because she was really very very special. Well, do you remember how long you were playing the role of Esther before she was actually named Esther? Well, actually, yeah, uh, because I, it was, I don't know, several, a few months. Uh, and then one day we were uh, rehearsing, we rehearsed our lines. And, and then, when, you know, Jeannie and I always did that. And then we w went to tape. She started calling me Esther. And fortunately, I didn't go what or who or, you know, and I just went along with it. And then other characters, uh, like with Nikki came over, she would call me Esther. And so, you, or Vic, you know, everyone was calling me Esther. So then pretty soon the writers started uh, uh, writing it. And so I'll never forget on the first day uh, when I saw Esther, you know, and it said Esther in the script. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was so great. So Jeannie actually named, gave me my first name. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That is. Um, now, 
Back in the day, you didn't really have a lot of dialogue, and yet Esther really had so much personality. So tell us what stands out to you about trying to really create this character with not that much to go on, if you will, in terms of what the script spilled out about her. Well, you know, I knew I had to do something because if, if, if I, well, well, let's put it this way. If I did something and they didn't like it, I was going to be gone. And if I didn't do anything, I was going to be gone. I mean, you know, you can't just open the door and close the door and that's it. I, you know, you have to do something. So I started uh, doing things and fortunately, because uh, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't any comedy then mm -hmm. there was no comedy and and bill bell i i so miss him too loved him he he did not he wasn't really for comedy you know so i would do things like uh one day i asked uh, props i said could you give me a spoon with like melted chocolate on it and they you know they went what okay <laughs> so so they gave it to me and so so in the script it said you know esther opens the door so i I'm trying to go to the door and I have the spoon, of, you know, with chocolate on it. And I'm trying, you know, trying to open the door and not get chocolate on it. Those kinds of things. So one day, um, it's said in the script, Esther goes out and, and gets the mail. So I went out and got the mail. I uh, looked, I got one letter, held it up to the light, looked around to make sure no one was watching, <laughs> put it in my pocket and walked in. And, you know, they never mentioned it, you know, they never mentioned it, the letter, but, you know, things like that I would do. Um, I don't know if you can really do that these days either, but um, uh, that, that happened. <laughs> so that was, yeah. That's really uh, incredible and really smart, you know, I have to say, because I think that it made you indispensable, and here we are. Well, I... Well, hopefully, I mean, Esther, uh, it was just, you know, I, I know you guys know this, but I, I love our show. I'm so proud of our show and I am uh, so proud to be a part of it. And uh, so it, it's, it's just great. And that Esther, that Esther continues on, you know, mm -hmm. all these years and, uh, and so, and I love the way that they have uh, Mrs. Chancellor's picture, you know, still up and in the Chancellor Mansion and that her name is, is there. And uh, mm -hmm. this is very, very important. It's great. In an interview with Digest that I recently reread that you actually had a conversation with uh, William J. Bell about this comedic flair, if you will, that you were bringing to the role, <laughs> which weren't necessarily his cup of tea or what he had in mind, as you mentioned. Tell us what you remember about that conversation. Oh, gosh. Yes. I won't forget that one either because he <laughs> said to me one day, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And he said, it's okay, but don't you go too far. You've gone far enough. Don't go any further. You know, and I, I went, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, I won't. And... Uh, yeah, because he, he said to me one day, and I'll never forget this either, he said, you know, I can take credit for every single character on this show uh, except for you. Wow. He said, uh, and, and I, he said, I can't take credit for what you've done. And I'll never forget that either.
So. That's amazing. What high praise. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Now, interestingly, the show actually ran a contest for fans to choose Esther's last name. So what do you remember about that? Oh, yeah, that, that was great, too. So we had this contest, and there were all kinds of names came in, and, 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 and uh, Bill said, okay, he came to me and he said, okay, you can have um, uh, Esther, Di there was Diamond, there was Valentine, and there was another one, uh, too. There was one other uh, one other name, and he said, uh, he had picked several of them. He said, you, you pick, what do you want? And I picked Valentine because I thought, because I was married on Valentine's Day and I thought that would be good luck. And so uh, that's became Esther Valentine. I think yeah. it also fits because if I remember correctly, one of the things that you always did was play up uh, Esther's love of the gentleman. <laughs> yeah, so she never gets it right. I, gosh, we had another chance to get it right. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, not only did Jeannie Cooper give you the name Esther, but you nicknamed her character Mrs. C. Yeah, oh, I'm so, yes, I'm so glad you know that because I, you know, oh, that makes me so happy that you guys know that. Because uh, I, I, most people don't, and it started a name. I started calling her Mrs. C, and that's how you know it, it began. And I, I don't think most people know that. Do you so. remember what inspired you? It's 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 a great nickname for her, but it's funny because it's so casual and she's so regal. I I don't know. It's just the kind of relationship that she and I had. You know, I mean, I think that Mrs. Chancellor and Esther too. I think she had actually was kind of a love-hate kind of thing. I mean, I, I know she loved Esther. Mrs. Chancellor loved Esther. But Esther drove her crazy, too, you know, at the same time. So, and because if she would call me S sometimes, you know. So she would say, hey, S, you know. So we'd be running lines, and I'd go, well, hey, Mrs. C. And then, well, wow, you know, because we would work on stuff. And I said, what do you think? She goes, yeah, do it, you know. And she would encourage me, too, to throw things in there. Uh, which which I would do uh, from time to time, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, so yeah, it was it was great. This is the yep. Well, YNR was and is known for its lush look and glamorous clothing, and here you were pretty limited to Esther's not so glamorous <laughs> work uniform. Did you ever have clothing envy when you saw your co-star's wardrobe? All the time. <laughs> no, I I thought, gosh. You know, it would be neat to, you know, uh, wear something different. But then I realized, too, that, that wearing the uniform uh, was really an iconic kind of, uh, was really iconic, and it, it meant a lot. And when you saw Esther's uniform, even though people, well, they don't wear the uniforms anymore, and, and, and so, uh, you know, years later, you know, the uniform changed, and then, and then, Pretty soon I wasn't wasn't in it anymore. But uh, but in the beginning, you're right. I, I would see everyone's clothes and go, "Wow, you know, how come I don't get to wear something like that?" Uh, and uh, and then it made me feel good. I thought, "Hey, I've been wearing this uniform all these years. It still fits, so that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's right. <laughs> good attitude. Um, so as, as time went on, 
and you're working on YNR so consistently, and you're also still working as a flight attendant. So I assume you have to have at least a couple memorable stories of getting recognized up in the skies by fans. Oh yeah, that's uh <laughs> there were some crazy things happened and uh, then there was well one day it was uh I saw this person actually I I'll never forget it because this this passenger was sitting and she was reading soap opera soap opera digest <laughs> and of course and I saw and she had it open there was an article that she had it open to my picture and she and I I, I felt stupid saying anything, I, you know, I didn't say anything. So I was, wa I was walking up back and forth and back and forth. And she would look at the picture and she would look at me and she would look at the picture. She never said anything. So I couldn't stand it anymore. So I, I finally said to her, oh, wow, you know, hey, I, I hadn't seen that yet. Can I, can, I, can I see that? And she went, are you, is this you? Are you her? Yeah, and she went, oh, you know, was, that, she, oh, I knew it, I, I, I knew it. So, you know, just great, great stories like that. And then there was a, another couple one day got on the airplane and uh, this woman uh, said to me, you're, oh my gosh, you're Esther. And her husband pulled me aside, he said, I'll pay you 50 bucks if you say it's not you. I said, what? He said, I bet her a hundred dollars that there's no way that you're going to be here working as a flight attendant and be Esther on Yemen the rest of this no way. I said, well, you were only going to pay me 50, so that's it. I'm telling. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. It's fun. That's awesome. Fun. Well, uh, speaking of getting recognized, tell us about the trip you took to Bermuda and the stir it caused to have YNR stars visiting there. Oh, yes. That was really something because in Bermuda, the show is on at night. And um, so we went to we went to Bermuda, and uh, was it was really great there. And and then we were going to shopping. Uh, we decided to go shopping the stores, you know. So we went into one of the stores, and all of a sudden, you know, someone recognized us. And then, then the next thing I knew, there were like we went from store to store, and people were following us. And then we couldn't even get in the store, or then we couldn't get out of the store. It was just crazy. And, uh, and I thought to myself, gosh, this must be what it's like for the Beatles or something. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. Uh, and it was so great. Uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for all, all the fans and all the viewers that watch our show. And I've watched it all these years, with no matter because they're from all over the world and had great, great experiences. And and if it wasn't for them, none of us would be here. So I'm so grateful. Oh. Even though I even though I didn't buy anything, I saved a lot of money that trip because I couldn't I couldn't go shopping. But that's okay. That's yeah, okay. that's that's one way to watch your spending. Just get <laughs> yeah, on right. everywhere you go. Right. Well, right around the time that I started watching YNR, there was a big story where Esther had left the Chancellor Mansion and she'd gone to work for Nina and the people that Kay hired to replace Esther in the household ended up kidnapping her, replacing her with Marge, the lookalike. That turned out to be like such a signature storyline for the show. 
What do you remember about that time and working now with Jeannie when she was playing both Kay and March? Oh gosh, that was uh, really something. Uh, first of all, uh, going to work uh, with Nina, uh, because I guess, you know, Chloe, or Kate as her real name is, <laughs> that she doesn't like to say, um, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Chloe was, um, well, I wouldn't have, she wouldn't have been born because I met Tiny when I was working for Nina, so they wouldn't have had Chloe. But, but then after that, actually, uh, Ending up being kidnapped with Mrs. Chancellor was was really really something, and especially because Esther was uh, ended up being pregnant too. But but going back and forth with uh, with Marge working with Jeannie when she's playing both characters, and uh, it it was great. It was great because Esther had to react differently with both characters as well, and even though it was Jeannie doing both characters. So uh, it was, uh, it was, it was tremendous. It was, it, it, we had a lot of fun with that. And and Maury Amsterdam, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed working with him. Uh, he, there was so much history that he would, you know, that I would learn. And because I love the history, I love hearing about everything and what happened. And he would tell me all kinds of stories. So it was, it was great. It, it was really great experience. Mm -hmm. Well, you did mention that Esther became a mom around that time to Kate, later known as Chloe. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, how did it feel to have, you know, a child added to the story? And what did it mean to you to play that arc of Esther becoming a mother? I was so excited about that because for several years, every time I would, you know, do an appearance or something and, and viewers would say, where's your daughter? Where is your daughter? You know? And uh, I go, yeah, where's my daughter? <laughs> so, I, I mean, so when she, I, I loved that. First of all, the whole beginning of giving birth, uh, that was amazing as, you know, especially since I have never done that in real life. So to be able to play that was, was really was really um, amazing. So giving birth to Chloe and, and then going through that and then uh, she went away. And then when they, you know, when they brought my daughter on, it, it, I mean, I, I was so happy. It, it, it was great. Even though she didn't want to admit that I was her mother, I still, still was happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Moving into uh, like from the 90s into like the early aughts, um, there were a lot of fun Esther moments and beats to play when Jill moved into the Chancellor Mansion. There was quite a feisty dynamic between Esther and Jill. Uh, tell us about working with her portrayer, Jess Walton. Well, you know, Jess and I are, are, are friends and, and I, I love her, even though, you know, as Jill, I mean, uh, you know, she calls me all these names and makes them up and Chihuahua and all kinds <laughs> of things. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll be running lines and she'll say, hmm, what, what will work here? I could call you this. I, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, but I, I love the dynamic. I love the fact that Esther always, always will, uh, uh, you know, stand up and, and, and be for Mrs. Chancellor no matter what. And she will protect Mrs. Chancellor from Jill or from whoever it is. And even to this day, she'll, she will. Because if, if Jill were, were to say something, 
about Mrs. C that wasn't right or I didn't, Esther didn't agree with, then Esther's going to definitely stand up for her. But so I, I love the fact too, when the three of us work together uh, and, and we running our lines and, and working on things and, and Jess and I, um, I, I adore working with her and, and I always look forward to, to when that happens because she, she's fabulous. She's great to work with. But and the dynamic was good. And, you know, and, uh, even though she has forgotten uh, that Esther has owned half the house, <laughs> you know, there was that whole thing. And, you know, everybody forgets that, but, and especially Jill about that as well. <laughs> um, well, in 2008, the show did answer the question, where is uh, Esther's daughter by hiring Elizabeth <laughs> Hendrickson to play Chloe? Um, so tell us about your real life relationship with Elizabeth. Oh, it's great. I love that, uh, that she plays my daughter. I think she, she's a fabulous actress. Uh, playing, when, when, she, when, I, when Esther thought she was, uh, had, had, was dead and that the whole thing when, when Esther found that she was alive and uh, it, it, playing that was what, probably one of the most incredible scenes I ever was able to play. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it was fabulous. I love working with her. Uh, she's she's great, and now she has a daughter of her own, and uh, uh, and the, you know scenes with her too. See, this is the great thing about the show. This is so great because when you see people come on the show, and you when you tune in, you're going to see that you know you're going to see that same person. So here, I mean, I could have a scene with with Elizabeth, you know, Chloe saying, "Hey." I remember giving birth on those stairs right there, and you can, you know, the stairs of Chancellor House, and and uh, and we could talk about it, you know, because there I still am, and I'm having the memory of having given birth to her all those years ago. So it, it it's great. It's she she's she's fabulous. I'm so so happy that she's back. Yeah. Well, in 2008, uh, another kind of significant thing happened. Uh, you received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You were uh, the third actress who's primarily known for their work in daytime television to receive that honor, joining Jeannie Cooper and Susan Lucci in those ranks. What did all of that mean to you? Like, what an incredible experience I imagine that was. It was, and it still is, because I have to go there periodically to make sure it's still there. Because <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. Uh, it's such a huge, huge honor. Uh, uh, and the way I found out about getting this star, I mean, it's just, it's just, the whole thing was uh, so amazing, and I, I, I'm so, so honored, and uh, in, in seeing people, uh, that day I will never forget either. I will never forget that day. I actually was working on the show that day. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but, and that was okay. I mean, I had to run from doing that and run and to the studio and get ready, you know, for my scenes. But you know what? If it wasn't for Young and the Restless, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been there. So. How did you find out? Oh, this is, this is a great story. Okay. So I was flying 
okay? And it was during the week, which I normally don't do. Like I said, I normally don't do that. And so I thought I'd better, it was early in the morning, it was during the week, I thought I'd better check my messages and make sure, because no one knows I'm gone. So I'll make sure that, you know, everything's okay. So I, I uh, checked my messages and there was a message from Johnny Grant, who was the honorary mayor of Hollywood. And he said, uh, and this is really early, I'm, I'm in Denver at this time. And he's, he said, um, hey, Kate, um, I just want to say congratulations. And I'm thinking, congratulations? Oh, and our show had just won the Emmy. So I thought, isn't that nice of you? Why fine <laughs> to say congratulations? Our show? How nice. And he's, he says, um, yes, Kate, because I, uh, you, Kate Linder, and I, I, I can hardly say, I, even to this day, I, I can't believe it. He says, you, Kate Linder, are receiving a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I, wow. I, I couldn't believe it. So I, I hung up and I was just, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get a hold of people on the plane. I'm like crying. This other flight attendant comes up to me. And she goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? She thought someone died. And, you know, I said, no, no, I, you know, I told her, she said, oh my God, then the passengers are getting on because new passengers are getting on. She said, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll watch, you know, first class, I'll, I'll take care of it. And so I'm trying to get it together. I'm trying to call, you know, my husband, my publicist, my, you know, my manager, everybody, my parents. And uh, then the, the captain came out and he goes, what is going on around here? Because, I mean, we hadn't taken off yet, obviously. And so <laughs> someone said, oh, you know, uh, Kate's getting the star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So, well, wow. So anyway, we finally got it together. I got it together and, <laughs> and tried to become the flight attendant, <laughs> I'm supposed to be. And uh, we took off. And then uh, in the captain's announcements, he, he came on and he said, well, Ladies and gentlemen, you might not know this, but, and then he, he said, your purser today, and he announced it. He said, I was getting, a, a receiving a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So that's how it, people found out was on, on the airplane. And I thought, this is so perfect uh, for that to happen. Here I am in a uniform, as opposed to another uniform. <laughs> I don't know, there's something about me in uniforms. I don't know. Oh, that is incredible. That is such a yeah. good story. Yeah. Well, on a sadder note, in 2013, as we mentioned, Jean Cooper passed away. So what do you think about when you think about her and the 31 years you spent working with her? I, um, I miss her. I totally miss her. But I feel her presence. I, I really feel that she's, she's around still. And, uh, and especially and at the studio, I definitely feel it. I, uh, there is a there is a plaque on her door that it says on her dress that was her dressing room. It says, you know, a Jean Cooper's room. The door is always open, and that was it was always open. And uh, I still talk to you know, I mean, uh, her daughter Karen and I, you know, well, you know, every once in a while we haven't seen each other since this whole COVID thing, but hopefully we will. We we catch up. Uh, every once in a while, but, uh, but I still feel her. I, I know, I know she's around. I know she's, she's, she's there. Mm -hmm. so it's, it, she's missed uh, not only by me. I know she's missed by, 
by everyone. Yeah, definitely. Weinar isn't your only credit. Um, in 2014, you appeared in the movie Miss Meadows with Katie Holmes. Tell us about that experience. Oh, I, I loved doing that. It was a very a different kind of role for me. It was different, different from Master, for sure. I played a high school uh, principal that she uh, worked for, and she was not, um, you know, very, well, I wasn't, I didn't like her at all. <laughs> the character did not like her. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But I, it was it was great working with her, and uh, and and that was that was a lot of fun and going on location and and uh, it it was it was it was great and and playing this different kind of character as well, which I like to do, especially especially because uh, you know I played Esther for so many years, so it's it's always fun too to play. And another kind of role. Um, well, another fun thing you got to do was appear in a Super Bowl commercial. So yeah. tell us about that and the reaction to that. I mean, there's really no bigger ad spot oh, no. than the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a, that was. Uh, um, it I was shocked. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there were. It happened really fast. Uh, there were. Uh, uh, so many people went out on that audition. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I, it was it was something to to be in that. And uh, but it was interesting how they did it because they had a a contest going along with it of which people were voting, like which they had different scenarios of the uh, of the commercial. People were voting, uh, and so I was hoping they would vote for my part, so you would see that. But uh, that that was something. That was. Biggest commercial I've ever done, for sure. Uh, Super Bowl, because everybody watches the Super Bowl. If they don't watch it, they're at least watching it for the commercials, correct? Exactly, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, that was great. Well, one thing that I absolutely admire about you is how you have used your popularity as Esther on The Young and the Restless to support really good causes. And your teas in Canada, uh, I know, are so beloved by uh, fans that up there and have, have so many of your co-stars have participated. Tell us about that experience and, and why you like to uh, support these amazing causes that you support. Well, it started out actually about 22 years ago, uh, started out doing a tea in, in Vancouver, actually Victoria, uh, Robin Wiss was my, uh, I, I actually, he was doing a lot of, uh, different events for uh, hockey events and, uh, charity events. And that's why I met him. I was up in, in Canada doing an event and we, um, we were, we were having breakfast one day and he was noticed. I mean, all these people were coming up. Oh my God, Esther, you know, and he was watching all this and he said, uh, what what is going on? He said, I'm around huge hockey players, you know, all day, every day, and no one comes up to them. Not, I mean, not like this. And I said, well, you know what? Um, the show's hugely popular everywhere, and it's hugely popular in Canada. It's on twice a day. Um, and so if we want to do, if you want to do something for a charity, you know, you should do something, you know, with Young and the Rest, we should do something. If we want to raise money for a charity. And he said, okay, well, if it was yours, what would you do? 
So off the top of my head, I said, oh, I know exactly what I would do. I would do, because Esther serves tea all the time, I would do a high tea. I would make it very classy and, uh, and so people would want to come to this and bring other Young and the Russell people up. And he said, you're on. And so we, the first one we did in Victoria uh, at, at the Empress Hotel, which was, oh my gosh, amazing. And, uh, and after that, we started doing it in, in Vancouver, and we were doing two of them and for Queens Park Hospital, we, and then for uh, cancer and for breast cancer. And then we started doing them uh, for March of Dimes in, uh, several years later in Toronto and Calgary. So now I have four of them uh, going on. And, uh, and it was able to give back. And through, well, 22 years, we've raised a lot of money. And I'm so, so grateful and grateful to my co-stars who come up and give at the goodness of their heart that no one gets paid, none of us are paid, and uh, they give up their time. And, we, and I can't wait to the day that we're able to, to do that again. We did do a, uh, you know, one a virtual tea we did um and we we did well on that but i i you know and if we have to do it again that way well we will but i i can't wait till we're all together oh, i can't wait till we're all together anyway so I <laughs> you guys too you know till we're together yeah so you're also involved with the als association tell us how that came about yes i'm very honored to be the celebrity spokesperson for the als association and it all started uh, because my brother-in-law uh, had ALS. And uh, when he was diagnosed, I thought, gosh, I, I have to do something about this. I didn't know a whole lot about it at the time. Uh, and I knew a little bit because Roger, you know, from Guiding Light had, mm -hmm. had, uh, yeah. Yeah, had uh, ALS. So I knew a little bit. But I thought, I've got to do something. So we reached out to them, and I became celebrity spokesperson. And believe me, I'm in here, I'm on here for the, the, the long haul. Because, uh, I, I, because it's, it's a horrific, horrific disease. Because, you know, his, Scott, my brother-in-law, his mind worked perfectly well, better than mine, believe me. But uh, he couldn't move, he couldn't talk, he couldn't do anything, but his mind was totally sharp. And uh, so there was, uh, uh, there was a, a person that was on the board, his name was Andrew Fleeson, and he, he had said to me, uh, and I, I, I use this all the time, it doesn't matter how many breaths you take in this lifetime, but rather what you do with those breaths. And I decided at that moment, I will take every breath I have until, and, Till there's a cure, because I know there's one out there. Because it's a horrific, horrific disease. There's double the incidences in the military. Uh, it, it, it doesn't care who you are or what you are. And it, it can um, affect anyone, you know, men, women, it doesn't matter. You know, because I mean, you can uh, unfortunately get ALS. So that's what I do, and I'm, I'm happy to do as much as I can. For them as well as, mm -hmm. as much as I just like to uh, give back because I am 
I feel so fortunate to be able to do what I do. What, this is all I ever wanted to do was to act. I, it's all I wanted to do. I had no one in my family was in the business. Uh, it was, I always feel like take one step forward and two steps back. And, and so I'm so, because of the young and the restless, I'm able to give back. And that's so, so important to me. Obviously, as a person, Kate, like you have so much support from your co-stars that you're close to, but Esther really doesn't cross with that many people other than, you know, the sort of Chancellor group. So is there someone or people on the show who you've never worked with or who you would love to work with more or would love to have scenes with? Uh, there's, uh, you know, I, I think it would be really interesting to work because I don't really get to work with her at all. It would be Phyllis. I think that might be, uh, you know, really interesting. Or, uh, and you're right. I mean, Esther uh, doesn't get to to work with with a lot of people. But but uh, there was a time when she was in the coffee house. She was working for. I mean, she would she would get to be with with more people. But uh, but that that would be really interesting. And now we've got Sally's come on the show now. I think that would really be, I would love for Esther to cause trouble because as Esther can do it, not because she means to or wants to, just because she has a way of doing it, but because <laughs> she says the wrong thing or, does, or tries to do something. But I, I just, I would, I would love that. I would definitely like that. That would be a lot of fun. Okay, so we're putting vibes out there. Get Esther in scenes yeah. with the redheads. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. Yeah, any redhead. Let's bring on the redheads. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So as you mentioned, we are speaking really on like the eve of your 39th anniversary in Genoa City with 40 just around the corner. Like, What does it mean to you to be on the cusp uh, of such an incredible milestone? I really, it's very difficult to believe it. I, it, it goes so fast. I mean, I, when you're asked, when you have been asking me today, all of these things that oh, I went, oh my gosh, you're right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. When I think back like that, like all of the things that, that has transpired in the 39 years and how it started and, and what's gone on, I, I'm, I'm over, I'm overwhelmed. It's, and then again, I look and it's like in a blink of an eye, you're here, here we are 39 years later. So uh, I am honored. That's all I can say. I am totally honored and, and, and so blessed and to be part of, of our, this incredible show. For me, to, it's just, uh, I can't say that enough. I, I, and I can't believe when you think, my gosh, next year's 40? And then I go, well, I'm not that old. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> how did it happen? That's impossible. It's impossible. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so that, that will be interesting. Uh, 42. Well, I hate. Right now, I'm so honored that we are working, that we're able to work, that we're continuing bringing this, this number one fabulous show to everyone. And uh, so it's, it's all good. And uh, whatever, you know, hey, bring it on, whether if I can work with Phyllis or anybody or by myself, I don't, it's fine. Give her the chocolate spoon back. 
yeah, giving the chocolate spoon bag. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, looking back on your um, April 1982 self, you know, could you even have imagined that you would last a week, a month, a year, never mind to be here 39 years later still talking about playing Esther? You know, Stephanie, I've, I, I, it's really hard to believe. It just started. I was hired for one day. That's all it was supposed to be. Uh, and I've actually uh, approached my whole career like this because I always think, what if I had said no? Right. What if I had said, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing a walk-on thing with saying dinner is served. No, no, that's no. Sorry, come back to me when you have something. You know, what if? Uh, so I have uh, I've approached everything that way. And you know what? You never know. You never know what, like you said, we have to put it out in the universe. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You never know what's going to happen in five minutes. I mean, when you wake up that day, you don't know what's going to transpire mm -hmm. in, for anything, for anybody. So, uh I no, I would never have thought I was just trying to, um, you know, to work. And I was trying to, you know, when they would call me back, because in the beginning, I wasn't under contract. So, you know, every time they called, I was, oh, and, oh, this is funny. This will be a funny thing because this goes with it. I don't know if I've ever told this. But, you know, every time I would leave after I uh, finished work in the beginning, I would go around thanking everyone and thanking all the makeup and hair and makeup. And I'd go, oh, you guys, you know, thank you. Um, thank you so much. And then, you know, then I'd get called back in and I'd do, do the same thing. <laughs> and I'd do the same thing. And fact, Patty, uh, who's the head of our hair, you know, I had makeup and hair. She said, she said, Okay, don't go around thanking everybody else. <laughs> You're going to be back. <laughs> so, you know, I remember that just now. Uh, I never thought. I, I never thought. Well, who would think? Who would think that it would be 39 years and even, I mean, I, it's not, it's, very many people don't get to do that. I mean, right. how many people get to do that? Not many. Very select few. Yes. So I, I, I am so, you know, whatever it is, whether I'm dusting, whether I'm wearing a maze uniform or what, or, you know, I'm, I, whatever. When I get that script, I can't wait to plow through it and whatever. I, I'm, I'm happy and, and I'm able to give back. How fortunate, how fortunate that I can give back to and, and help other people. And, and, and do something for others. Because that's what it's all about, really. If we can all just give back a teeny little bit, just think where we would all be. So. True. Well, before we let you go, is there anything that you would like to say directly to the YNR fans uh, who've been loving Esther for 39 yeah. years and, and counting soon? <laughs> well, I want to thank each and every single one of you. I and you both as well, because you are a part of this as well. So you have, you. you bring, you, you know, Soap Opera Digest and you, you and the viewers are able to, to see what's going on through your incredible magazine. And you've been here for all these years as well. So like I said, we're all in this together. If it weren't for the viewers, 
I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for your magazine, I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. I mean, so I thank each and every one of you. Uh, and please keep watching. It's, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what this day is going to bring. And I am beyond grateful. Very, very grateful. Well, we are so grateful you could talk to us today. Thank you so much and happy anniversary. We look forward Thanks. to seeing Esther for more years to come. Ah, thank you. That means so much to me. Okay. Thanks, Kate. Have a great day. Hope to talk okay. to you soon. I hope so. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Kate Linder for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>